Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a Bravo podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 98. Even though there weren't any new episodes of The Real Housewives this week, I still wanted to put a new episode out. I had a great time chatting with Hannah Brown from the Not Aspirational podcast. She is so funny, and she does incredible impressions of our favorites from Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, and so on. We chat about the latest Bravo gossip and enjoy some much-needed laughs. If you haven't already, I highly suggest you listen to my bonus episode from last week with Jamie Stein, who gives some advice on how to get through 2020, dealing with quarantine, the importance of the Black Lives Matter movement, and of course, some intuitive readings into the newest housewives on New York and Beverly Hills. Just a quick note that I am going to be taking off next week around the 4th of July, kind of taking some time away from work and the podcast and recentering. But I will be back the week after with some amazing guests and lots of laughs. And I'm so excited for Beverly Hills and New York to come back. Without further ado, here is Hannah Brown. Hi, everyone. I am here with Hannah Brown from the Not Aspirational podcast. How are you doing? Oh, my gosh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm just kind of like, oh, we don't have any new shows. So depressing. (laughs) I know It, it is depressing. And yet they were all getting so fucking redundant to me that like I've actually kind of enjoyed the break to just like see what other content is out there. What other content is out there? You know, I just started watching a show called Work in Progress on Amazon Prime, but I think it was originally a Showtime show. It's great. Um, It's like it follows um, a woman named Abby who is queer and it's sort of her story and like there's a love story but she's sort of finding herself and it takes place in Chicago and I know some of the people who worked on it which is what like led me to the show but I'm deeply invested. I'm like in it. Nice. Yeah. I finally started watching 90 Day Fiance the other way after so many people have told me to watch it. I've never gone down a TLC path. So tell me more. So I know I feel like all my listeners actually watch 90 Day Fiance and Mm -hmm. I'm just like newly kind of understanding it. But the Mm -hmm. other way is when they're already in like a pretty significant relationship with someone who's not a U.S. citizen and they go to that person's country for whatever reason, either because they're going to move there or they're having a baby and they want to have the baby there. Mm -hmm. And it's so fascinating to see them and their family's responses to like these other countries and cultures it's yeah it's insane sounds like a wild ride everything I've heard about that show just sounds like one wild ride after another it is it is wild I mean there's this really really wonderful gay couple and that 
um, the guy is from Mexico and his um, husband or, or fiance is or boyfriend or whatever he is, is moving to be with him in Mexico. And he came out to his parents and sister three years ago and mm-hmm. they like cried and were unhappy and mm-hmm. were really did not take it well. And they never talked about it again. And so then they're doing this show and he made it seem like there's it's a documentary on living in Mexico. And then he ends oh, up shit. telling them like, so I am gay and I like thought maybe you didn't love me and the, his mom cried and hugged him. It's like, I can't believe you thought I like we didn't love you. Like you're our son. Of course we love you. And then he's Aww. like, but I'm also <laughs> moving away from you, even though we all live in like the same area of town and moving four hours away. And my boyfriend is coming and we're going to like raise my daughter together. And they're like, uh, <laughs> that's a lot to process lot. Yeah. all in one sitting. But they're they seem like the best couple. There's a lot Aww. of people that seem a little mismatched or mm-hmm. you're not sure. But at least when it's sort of the other way and they're willing to go to the other countries, it seems like it's more real. It's not someone coming to the U.S. just to try and get a visa. Yes. Yes. Agreed. There's more to it than just that part of the story. Yeah. It's nice to see them. Yeah. You know, in love. One yeah. woman gives up basically everything she owns and she's like 61 or 62 and moves to India to be with a guy that's half her age who's already married. Whoa! And he's like leaving his wife and because he's leaving his wife, he has to pay back his like mother and father-in-law for the money that they spent on him and his wife. And so... <laughs> And she's trying to see if she can, like, take out money from Social Security early to be able to pay. And, like, if you take out money from Social Security early, apparently you get, like, 33% less. Oh, that sucks. And it's just, it's wild. Whoa. There's a lot of, like, yeah. Honestly, I love I love that for this 62-year-old woman that she's like, I don't need my stuff. It's just stuff. I'm going to travel to India and marry a man half my age. Like, if that's not a power move, I don't know what is. And they actually, when she moves to India, he picks her up and they're in Delhi. And he's like, okay, we're on our way to like our like house that I'm like renting for us. And it's a two and a half hour drive, of course, because it's Delhi. Mm-hmm. And then they get there and there's an entire ceremony to like a housewarming like ceremony that includes a cow and the cow like goes in the house and she's just got off like a, you know, 28 hour flight and is just not having it. <laughs> she's like, I need to go to bed. I don't have time for this, for this, this blessing right now and this cow in my house. Whoa. It's great television. So wow. I need I to, to dive deeper into this. So have you been following all the latest headlines? Honestly, Mandy, like I I feel like such a lazy Bravo podcaster because I never know about things until after everyone else does. So like, yes and no. I've been dabbling on the periphery. Yeah. So we all know Stassi's having a baby girl and she did a mm-hmm. gender reveal. Mm-hmm. And then today we find out that Sheena was pregnant, but had a miscarriage. Honestly, I saw that and I just, my heart is breaking for her. I just, it's so upsetting. It's so sad. Oh, I just want to give Shishu a hug. It's just not fucking fair. Like, can Sheena ever win? Like, I just, it's like she, she got trolled by the editors. People leave her shitty reviews on her podcast at the very least, just like she, she, and her IVF journey wasn't even really shown on the show, even though we know she's been going through that for a long time and clearly really wanted to be a mother. And then like this, like, it's just not fucking fair. It's really upsetting. It's not fair. But the part that does sort of warm my heart is that it sounds like her and Brock very much want to have children together. So at least she's found a person that Mm -hmm. wants to be a co-parent with her. And Mm -hmm. so now maybe it's time to fertilize those eggs. Yes. And I also think that they would have stunning children. Oh my God. Yes, for like, sure. They're such a beautiful couple. And in that part during the reunion, when they were showing what everyone did in quarantine and Brock was just like playing with like a little pretzel Sheena, like tossing her around. I was like, 
y'all are wild and like stunning. Like, I just am curious, like what their sex life even looks like. It's probably off the charts. It's probably better than all of the other castmates. I have said this before and I'll say it again. I think Sheena knows what she's doing in bed. I think she should write a sex book. Yeah. I would read it. I would buy it. I would buy pretty much anything she does because I want to support her. Same. I really like her. But I feel like she would have a lot of like, like intel. And I think everything Brett has ever said about her is a fucking filthy lie. I think she's probably an amazing kisser and an amazing lover. Well, Ariana said she's an amazing kisser. (laughs) There you go. And we know she tells the truth. Ariana does not lie. Okay. (laughs) Um, What's interesting is, so it sounds like when she started having the miscarriage, she did reach out to Stassi. And Mm. Stassi and her, apparently, she said, have talked more in the last five days than in the last five years. Which is fascinating. You know, when I saw that she miscarried, I was curious about like how she's feeling about Stassi's like pregnancy bliss being like a headline right now while she processes this very devastating loss. Well, she found out Stassi's pregnancy when she like she was like, oh, I'm pregnant, too. We can be pregnant together. No. Right. But didn't tell her because she was waiting. She was really early in the pregnancy. Yeah. And then. Obviously, she started to lose. There's no heartbeat. And then she actually did reach out, I guess. I I haven't listened to her podcast Mm -hmm. where she talks about this, but there are some headlines. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, Stassi very much can empathize because, you know, she's going through it and can only imagine how painful it would be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, something that's probably too, like, in the weeds But I've been doing some thinking and I have a really good friend who is a guidance counselor for Mm -hmm. middle schoolers. And we were talking about gender reveals Mm -hmm. and she says they're pretty problematic. (laughs) I had friends talk to me about this recently, too. Keep going. And it really made me wonder kind of like why we've normalized this so much mm-hmm. it's interesting we're it's this is pride month right mm-hmm. like lgbtq t mm-hmm. trans and mm-hmm. like not everyone identifies with the gender that they were given at birth and yes. not only that this is like the start of sort of taking your own like wh- what you want for your kids and what you your expectations of them and mm-hmm. like placing them at the certain level. And if the yes. kids, it's like a pattern. If the kid doesn't end up being who you thought they were going to be or want them to be, then you end up with disappointment and it leads to tension that's unhelpful mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I wonder what other, I would love to hear what listeners think. I haven't spent a whole lot of time, you know, I'm Jewish. I know you're Jewish. We're not mm-hmm. big on making a big deal out of pregnancy because culturally it's kind of like uh, superstitious. Like superstitious. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. don't do baby showers before the baby's mm-hmm. born. You don't try not mm-hmm. to buy too many things for the baby before it's born. You wait till the baby is born and then you celebrate it. So yeah. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about gender reveals or how they could be like the beginning of sort of a problematic thing where you just like have all these expectations yeah I I mean I take issue with like fucking onesies that are like you know heartbreaker (laughs) you know those little like or like when parents will like put their toddlers like next to each other and they're like oh they're boyfriend and girlfriend it's like no they're fucking babies like chill (laughs) like chill like why are you placing like sexuality on a baby like chill out right so I mean I yeah I completely agree and actually like in watching um the show I was talking about work in progress they like there's um a, mem- a moment where Abby hits on a character named Chris, who's played by Theo Germain, who's in The Politician. Um, and I believe, I don't want to speak out of my ass, I believe Theo Germain as an actor goes by the they pronoun. But in the show, Abby assumes that Chris is a lesbian and then Chris has to be like, no, I'm a trans man. And so what I really just like, I love that there's more TV and media covering those kinds of conversations about gender identity and sexuality and pronouns because it is like I just think any sort of assumption in that regard is just so 
2008 and 2000 and late like who the fuck like it just <laughs> yeah. it's silly it's but silly it's, it's not even just like assuming their sexuality or gender there's so many assumptions that parents have right about their kids right and, like, they're gonna be like this and they're gonna yes. love this and they're gonna yes. play this sport and I, and maybe it's just better to not do that and to start early not doing that and just yes. let them be. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, parenting is so like not even on my mind right now, but like I can also like, I like to think that as a parent, I would want to like get all kinds of toys for my kid and just like see what they naturally gravitate towards. Like who says that like, you know, boys can't play with dolls and girls can't play with, you know, dinosaurs and cars. Like it's just like, you you like what you like yeah would love to hear from my listeners who are actually parents on this because it's really yeah. easy for us to sit around and like yeah. chat here's like, what I would do like, like I get my cat all kinds of toys I know I was gonna say is it wrong that I've gendered my dog <laughs> <laughs> like I don't you know it's just so um, I last time you were on the pod, you talked about an interesting run in that you had with Brittany Cartwright and her family where her family was really nice to you, but she was a brat. Rotten hail. Rotten hail. <laughs> so like who which other Bravo celebrities have you had encounters with like? Oh, share some stories. Oh, I have some I have some stories. First of all, I want to say Jackson Brittany Take Kentucky is now on the Bravo app. And if that's not a troll on Bravo's end, I don't know what is. That show is just like a cesspool. I watched it. I did, too. I watched it when it aired. You're delusional. Like, and then they go and get married. I'm like, what is this? There is a really uncomfortable plot line in the show about her sister-in-law. Like Militia needing IVF Mm -hmm. and trying to raise money for it and then Jack's being like I'll match whatever is raised and all of like all the stuff with infertility is such a private journey for so many people and to see it so public that's obviously their choice but then Jack's is like now you have to thank me because I paid for this kid and then the kid is born and and it's like on the show and they keep referencing it and it's so uncomfortable it's so gross (laughs) so bad and like how sad is that that like obviously IVF is such an expensive thing and so of course and you know it Britney's family just seems like your average like Kentucky family. I I don't imagine that they're like super ridiculously wealthy. So I'm sure that they could use this financial aid from Jack's. But like you can't just hold that over people's heads and be like, I bought your baby. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's not about you, Jax. Jax will never understand that, though, because he's a narcissist. As are most Bravo celebrities. Yes. So uh-huh. who mm-hmm. have you met? Okay, who have I met? Um, I've met Bo a couple times, and he's not nice. <laughs> really? Yes, that's why I get so irritated on the show, because he's like, I'm goofy. I'm in a dinosaur suit. And he has this, like, Jersey Mike's, like, improv guy, like, vibe that, like, he's tricking everyone. I mean, I just think he's one of those people who very much places people on a hierarchy based on like where in the industry they fall but I saw him after Countess and Friends in 2019 and there was like an after party where you had to have like a wristband and like go into like a basement of the venue and then you know like Luann was there all these people were there um and he had a shirt that said like Bovani and I was like and we were like talking in like a circle of people like all of us were conversing and I was like oh my god did you get that made for this and I wasn't trying to be snarky I was just like did he already have that shirt or did he like get it with the intention of going to couch with some friends just a sensible question and he literally like ignored me and like looked at me like gave me the up and down like who the fuck are you to be speaking to me peasant oh dear I think he's one of those straight guys that thinks like everyone's hitting on him when like literally nobody is <laughs> Uh, yes yes I could see that like I would not hit on you at Rock and Riley's or Whiskey a Go-Go or wherever the fuck you go here in LA so like there's the door Bo um and then there was another time where like Stassi had like Instagrammed where they were moving and I knew where it was like I recognized the main road leading to their house because it's right by this cafe that I frequent it was like in my old neighborhood before I moved and I saw her at an event and was like 
oh my God, um, are you moving to like X neighborhood? And she looked at me like, why the fuck do you know where I'm moving? Which I get it. That's kind of an off-putting thing for a total stranger to say. If I could go back in time, I probably wouldn't have talked to her. But I was like, there's this great cafe there. It's like my favorite. You guys have to try it. It's like a neighborhood spot. And then she was like, oh, thanks for the intel. But the whole time, again, he just looked at me like, who is this fucking, you know, maggot speaking to my woman? And I'm like, okay, calm down. I'm just like being a, a good neighbor. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think anyone else. That's like, that's, that's something that I just want to blow the lid off of because I just think there's this like common misconception that he's just like a nice goofy guy. And it's like, depends who you are. I think he's a nice guy for her. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But just as like Brittany is not this angel because she married Jax, he can't be this perfect, wonderful man for marrying someone like Stassi. No, and it's like like, he's put on this pedestal because Patrick was just like so fucking egregious. And I'm like, okay, but in the grand scheme of like humans, like Bo's not like, like he's fine. He's fine. But if he's good for her, that's great. Yeah, good for them. And they're, you know, little OOTD onesie. (laughs) (laughs) You do you guys. Oh, my gosh. These Bravo Lubs. What's interesting is there's so many people who are like adjacent to the cast who are actually Mm -hmm. truly friends with them that seem Mm -hmm. like really cool, nice, normal people. Yeah. You know, Ariana's friends and Sheena's friends and people Mm -hmm. who aren't just trying to get famous. They just Mm -hmm. befriended people who happen to be on this reality show. Yeah. I want to see more of them. Me too. Like the real friends. Yeah, one of my friends, Logan, is, um, shout out to Logan, is, like, really close with Tom and Ariana, and obviously I love Tom and Ariana, too, but I'm like, I want Logan on the show. He's a lovely human, and I would love to see him thrive on my TV. Is he the guy who's really into Britney Spears and Kelly Clarkson? Oh, Mm -hmm. I follow him on Instagram. He's hilarious. He's he's so nice, and he gives me really good candle recommendations because he, I just broke into, um, broke into, like, fancy candles. Like, I decided to, like, indulge in, like, a nice candle or two in quarantine because I was like, well, I'm going to be stuck at my house. I might as well make it a really nice ambiance, and he gave me some candle recs, and I love them. Okay, Jim Edmonds. (laughs) Speaking of headlines, Jim Edmonds said that his relationship or his marriage to Megan was toxic and abusive. In what way did he did Jim Edmonds elaborate? He like posted about his new girlfriend who apparently he had a threesome with with Megan. That is my fucking nightmare. This is where I would never have a threesome. Uh-uh. And he's now dating her, right? And he's Mm-mm. like, this woman, like, saved me. I was so down after my, like, abusive and toxic marriage. And she, like, got me out of it and blah, 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 blah. And now that Megan is in a happy relationship, she's like, I wish him well. Honestly, I, you know, I, I don't think you have to be... Angela Lansbury's circa murder she wrote to figure out that's a Bethany Frankel joke that I just stole I just feel like I need to say that before someone calls me out you know I have to be Angela Lansbury to figure out that like their marriage was not it, I feel like it was never good like I feel like it was kind of always a mess with a lot of tension bubbling right underneath the surface at least on camera so God knows what happens when the cameras were off um but I always felt badly for Megan like I, did I just too. I just feel like Jim just seems like that's his name, Jim. I always yeah. forget his name. He just always seemed like smarmy and like a garbage person. And like, I don't, I don't believe or listen to anything he has to say. I mean, he, that's why I don't even know his name. He was sending very inappropriate. He was sending dick pics when she was in labor. <gasps> yeah. Not to her. Not to her. Can you imagine like you're like literally in labor and your husband's like waiting outside the room and he's just sending you dick pics being like, here, babe, thought this might come for you. <laughs> like horrible. I don't know what's worse, like a guy doing that to his wife while she's in labor or like him. It, no, it, what's worse is him doing it to somebody else. But, you know, oh, so awful. Uh, then Lisa Rinna is apparently gotten in trouble with QVC Karens, as she calls them, who have all called QVC and asked for her to be fired because they don't like her outspokenness around Black Lives Matter. Oh, fuck that. Right? What is wrong with people who watch QVC? Uh, I they're, mean... They're- None of this surprises me, but it's still disappointing. What is, I don't understand the like hate for Rena 
There are some people online who are obsessed, especially on Twitter. Like, I don't know if they're the LVP stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, the LVP stuff is long gone, right? We are way past Lucy Lucy Apple Juice. Like, I'm enough. Just like, as far as LVP goes, I'm like, I don't know her. <laughs> like, I know. Hi, Carrie. I'm just she- like, bye. <laughs> Um, but exciting news is Andy Cohen on Sunday, June 28th is officiating an LGBTQ wedding for pride and is having some surprise Aww. guests and watch what happens live. Oh my gosh. So via zoom, I assume I'm assuming. Yeah. Wow. That's so exciting. It was a couple that had to cancel their wedding because of the, the pandemic. Oh, that's really fun. That's really cute. I'm excited to watch. Who do you think? Like, who would you have on Bravo officiate your wedding? That is such a good question. I mean, it has to be Andy. I love Andy mm-hmm. Cohen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, like, surprise guests. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I love Portia Williams. Okay. Oh, I love, love pretty much the entire cast of Potomac. I would have Karen Huger officiate my wedding. Karen Huger is incredible. There's this moment last season during her confessionals where she's wearing feathers and she starts like dusting her feathers. <laughs> it's like my she's, favorite thing ever. She's a fucking comedic genius. Like watching her interact with that mime. Like I just could not. <laughs> she's so funny. So fucking funny. I would love to see like what creative spin she could put on like being a wedding efficient. You know, what I, I would mean? Like she would make it her own. James Kennedy to DJ. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, I know I'm like missing. Others. Would you have like Sandoval and Ariana like make some fancy AF cocktails? They would make cocktails. I probably would want the trumpet involved. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. walking down the aisle to that trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I would, you know, as much as she bothers me, I would love to just have Lala take the stage in the middle of my wedding and be like, let me know if I can fuck with you. <laughs> like in the middle of my like reception, my grandma would just be like, ah, and, like fall down. She would just faint at the sight of Lala and like a bodysuit being like, let me know if I can fuck with you. Mom. And then she's like, I really this been trying to- is dedicated what? to my father. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I was actually thinking about? Um, I was talking to you before we got on this this Zoom um, about how just I've been having some like, you know, feelings of anxiety and just like, like lethargy, lethargy. And I was thinking about that Lala song that she wrote that was like, tell me what it's for. I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, you know what, Lala? I feel Tell you. Tell me what it's for. Like, when the fuck is this pandemic going to be over? Um, but yeah. yeah. You do such a good Lala. Can you do okay. her non-singing voice? Um, I, like, feel like I can, but what? Like, when she thing? said, like, your boyfriend made out with my friend with the clap. Your boyfriend made out with my friend. <laughs> I'm a Michael Vick fighting dog. You forgot your place, Raquel, but I'll remind you. I'm just like, you're a nightmare person. Also, for someone who's a supposed animal rights activist and volunteers at Vanderpump Dogs, why would you talk about pit bulls that were bred to fight and get, like, killed? Yes. I was like, not your best work, Lala. No. And Raquel's like, Raquel's like, Lala, I do know my place. And she's like, <laughs> on your worst day, you're a yapping chihuahua. Like, Eureka, why is her voice so shaky? I don't know. I was I was rewatching the Big Bear episode where Jax was like, help, you can come help me if you want. That <laughs> is, that was incredible when they're like, don't jump in the water. It's really cold. Even yeah, the best the swimmers. Elevation. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to swim to that buoy out there. He's he like, just help. jumps in. <laughs> like, almost. What if they just, what if we just left him? I know. <laughs> Jack's just sunk I'm not to the saying bottom I want Jack's lake. dead. I'm just saying. No. What if we made him struggle a little bit more? Honestly, like, I feel like that drowning scene, drowning, I'm going to put in, like a floppy rubber air quote, that drowning scene is like a metaphor for like Bravo right now. Like, do you pull a Rob Valletta Bravo and jump in the lake and save Jack's or do we just let him fend for himself and see what he does? Do, do you we- feel this way about Vanderpump Rules or all of Bravo? 
Um, Vanderpump Rules, I feel like, is, like, the worst example of it. Like, I feel like that show needs an entire overhaul. Um, but I'm, I do think there need to be, like, structural changes for sure as well. Like, integration of the casts? Yes, integration <laughs> of the casts and, and Black representation on the production side and behind the camera as well. Like, yes. I think... I think clearly, at least as far as Vanderpump Rules is concerned, if there were black representation behind the camera during Faith's season, then the things that happened to Faith and the way she was treated wouldn't have just been like, whatever. Like, like she didn't even get interviews that entire season. Was that in her contract? Like, it's so bizarre to me. Was she supposed to be what Lala and James were? Like, what, did they all have the so. same contract? I believe so, based on um, the podcast I listened to that was um, Red Flags Make Cute Scarves yes. that she guested on. I, I think she said that it was she was sort of like sold on the show as being like on the same level as James and Lala. But then James and Lala got like interviews and all these like storylines and she was sort of just like their friend. Interesting. I mean, she was also dating Max. She was dating LVP's son. Like there was so much there. There's so much to unpack with that. Like LVP mm-hmm. clearly favors her daughter. <laughs> it is so uncomfortable and to me? watch. Pandora. Yeah. So I actually drove. Oh my god! It must have been over two years ago at this point. Um, with my friend Katie, and we did a podcast afterwards. But Katie heard the day before, like so. It was like a Friday, and she texts me, and she's like, "LVP is going to be on the East Coast selling her rose." <gasps> I was like, "Oh, we gotta go, right?" Turns out it was in Philadelphia, right? I live in D.C. It's about a three-hour drive. What oh, did we do? my God. We rented a car. What happened? We got there. They're like, we don't have any cars anymore. So then we got a zip car, which is like at least two to three times more expensive. Oh and we God. drove all the way up there. By the time we got there, the line was like five blocks long. And they had sold out of the rosé. And you needed the rosé in order to meet her. So I was like, okay, let's just go inside and see if we can, I don't know, finagle our way or just see what's going on. So we go inside and we see um, Pandora. And so out of nowhere, I just shout, Pandy! (laughs) Something overtook you. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Oh, my God. Did she give you like a bow, like look of disgust or was it just like, what? Like, was it just curious and confused? Um, It wasn't disgust. It was like, what the hell is going on? I could not believe that there were that many people there to buy the rosé and to meet them. Ken was there. Lisa was there. Pandy was there. Oh, my God. I can't believe we drove to Philadelphia. I mean, we were laughing the whole time. Honestly, it's worth it. It's like such a worthwhile friend excursion. I, first of all, one time I saw them on the street in West Hollywood, like having lunch at a random restaurant. Like I rounded a corner and it was just like LVP and Ken and Pandy, like sitting on the sidewalk, like eating salad. I mean, not sitting like physically on the sidewalk, <laughs> but like sitting at a table that was like outside on a patio. And I was like, huh? Like it was so shocking to just like see them in the wild, like not right? even at one of LVP's restaurants. And then also you reminded me of, There was one time in college, I went to Illinois State University in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. So like small town, Illinois. And Ramona came to Friar Tux, which was a local uh, liquor store with her Ramona Pinot Grigio and was signing bottles and taking pictures of people. And that summer, I was so mad because I, my aunt, her nanny had gone on maternity leave for the summer. And so she was like, hey do you want to just like live with me in Atlanta for the summer and you can kind of like care for your cousin and I'll just like pay you a bunch and you can live with me for free. And it was like a lot of money and like pretty chill work, all things considered. Um, So I did that. And I remember like being out of town when Ramona was in normal Illinois and I was like, ah, like I was so upset that I couldn't be there for that moment. But I do have like an autographed Ramona Pinot Grigio bottle that my friend got for me. Love that. Where can you buy that Pinot? I've been looking. I feel like at this point, like eBay, <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like I, I don't, do you remember that fucked up episode where Luann and Jock like pulled a fast one on Ramona and put all the wine and like paper bags. And like, she had to like taste her own Pinot Grigio and she like criticized her own Pinot Grigio. And they thought it was so funny because like it was hers. And she was like, well, you know, it could be a little more like this and like a little more notes of bit. And afterwards, <laughs> like she was 
you know, they were like, it was just a joke. And I'm like, no, you guys were totally setting her up to like shit talk her own wine, which is like evil, but iconic. That's also what Kenya was doing around Cynthia this season on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, where she started asking her all these questions about wine because she has the Cynthia Bailey like wine cellar and she couldn't answer any of the questions. Oh, no. It was so just, embarrassing. That, that's the thing, though. Like, I... I feel like Bravo celebrities just need to be transparent about like, guys, listen, my name's on the fucking label. I'm making some money off of it. Like it's a partnership. Like I doubt that the witches of WeHo when, when their wine was a thing, I doubt that they could be like, it's just like careful notes of like freesia and citrus and grapefruit and stone fruit. And like, like, I doubt that they could say that they're just like, we're making money off this partnership. Yay. Like it's fine. Make yeah. your money. I mean, at least have it be a real business because I think some of them have these sort of like fake businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, where can you really buy Ageless by Ramona? Where? Oh my God. Or like all of her like fleur de lis jewelry that she used as like a belly chain <laughs> on those jeans in, that, in whatever season that was where they made the jeans and Dorinda put coasters on the butt. That was so funny. She's like, oh, is this not part of it? I put these in. She's like hot glued coasters to the butt. Apparently, Dorinda is making an old school cookbook. Oh, I love that. I love that Honestly, for her. <laughs> what? There, me too. There was an episode where she, who was she talking to? She was like drunkenly convincing someone to like come to Bluestone Manor and they were going to have a sleepover. And yes. Was, it, was it Carol? Was it? Yes. And she's like, I'll make a roast chicken. chicken. We'll drink some wine. We'll get in my bed. We'll tell each other our deepest, darkest secrets. And I was like, that sounds like the most lovely weekend to just like get wasted with Dorinda if she were nice to you. And eat her roast chicken and like get in bed and like kiki. Totally. I think believe she was wearing the Lady Gaga bubble outfit during yes. this whole encounter. <laughs> I loved I loved that like in that episode where she opened the box and she's like, I didn't order bubbles, I ordered a dress. Like she just ordered the parts of the dress and then she had to call Put in her SNL together. friend. Yeah. Yeah. All in favor. So funny. In terms of Bravo Lubs, I met Kate Chastain a few months ago before quarantine started. Oh my God. What was she like? Tell exactly, me everything. Exactly, exactly like she is on TV. It I was love her. Some just random bar in Arlington, Virginia. I heard about it like the day before. Show up. No big line, no big deal. Went with my friend Jody um, and Katie again. And Jody actually had her book. Apparently, she wrote a book. Didn't even know she had it's a book. It's like a novel-ish about yachting. So it's like loosely based on her life, but not a memoir. And Ooh. so she had, so Jody was like, can you sign my book? So we're like in line and I'm like, well, I have to like ask her for something, you know, or to do, we have to have like some sort of conversation. Mm-hmm. So it was really cold out and I had this big jacket and I just handed it to her and I was like, can you make me a rocket ship? <laughs> Oh, my God. Did she? <laughs> she did. And she was laughing really hard. And then later she's like, I'll come over and take a shot with you guys. That was clever, Mandy. Yeah. I love that. We also, also chatted about yeah. Captain Sandy because I've interviewed her and she's so amazing and like the perfect <sighs> kind of kooky. Like she's like aspirational kooky. Yeah. And then Kate was bitching about Hannah. And how Hannah's a bitch was so mean to her. Yeah. And just like she found out that Hannah was talking about her behind her back in Mm. New York. And they were in New York City at the same time. And she was going to be doing Watch What Happens Live. And Hannah was going to be in the audience as her guest. And then she confronted Hannah via text and was like, hey, I heard from these people that you were saying like X, Y and Z about me. And Hannah never responded and never like didn't go to like watch what happens live with her and just never spoke to her again. Grow up. And she says that something really embarrassing happens with Hannah on this season of oh Below God. Deck Med. Well, I have not watched Below Deck for years and years, but I would watch that because when I met her, she was rude, too. So I can corroborate. Where did you meet her? I met her after Countess and Friends. Yes. <laughs> I went in the one I, in- LA like the second one or the first one the second one the first one was like right before I moved to LA and I just remember like itching being like I'm supposed to be there but I went the following year um, in 2019 and after a bunch of us went to the Abbey and at this point like we were all just like obliterated but I was at a table with um uh Sandoval Ryan Bailey uh Ben and Ronnie you know I I believe Danny was there he might have gone home because he's more responsible than me um but you know a bunch of people were there and Hannah shows up 
and she's very like kissy kissy huggy huggy with um you know ben and ronnie because why yeah. wouldn't you they're amazing but she definitely kind of looked at like ryan and i like who the fuck are you guys and kind of like gave us a dirty look and then i kind of like gave her a dirty look back but she didn't see it but ronnie saw me give her a dirty look and he like laughed because i was just like i was too drunk to give a fuck i was like who the fuck do you think you are and you know it didn't escalate or anything i just said that with my face i didn't say it out loud but I was like, whoa, that's upsetting because I didn't, I mean, apparently Hannah's just like a huge fucking diva. And I'm like, you have some audacity because I feel like Kate Chastain is like the reason that show is the juggernaut that it is today. Yeah, totally. She's so iconic. And I, and I think, yeah, I just think it's, it wouldn't be what it is without her. Also, when Stassi got fired, did you see that Kate Chastain tweeted like karma AF? Yes. What do they have with each other? I don't know. I want to know so badly. I was like, oh, because I would not want to be on Kate Chastain's bad side. I wouldn't either. Do you think something happened at BravoCon? Because I feel like where else would their paths cross? I know. I don't know. But I loved I loved Kate. Just I just love how open she is and that she doesn't seem to like literally give a fuck about what anyone thinks of her. I find it very refreshing. She's also very I'm funny. interested in this book that she wrote. It reminds me of when Lauren Conrad wrote that book, L.A. Candy, that's like about <laughs> her experience on the hills, but like not really. Yes, I need to read this, this book. Uh, Captain Lee has a book, too. He's so hot. <laughs> the stud He's, of the sea. He can get it. He's like kind of like he gives me like a King Triton, like daddy vibe. <laughs> I don't know if I see that. I think Wait. it's just because they're both because Triton's a merman and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they both have like silvery white hair, little chest hair exposed. Little, yes. Like kind of a, like, like a, a, a broad, yeah. a broad chest, a chain. <laughs> a tan. Now King Triton had like a pretty solid glow given that he lives in the depths of the ocean. He did. Not to make this about Disney. I, <laughs> somehow, I think I somehow always do that. But also speaking of which, sorry, I, I don't mean to hijack your show. No, go How ahead. How thrilled are you about the news that Splash Mountain is going to be renovated to be a princess in the frog ride? What? Yes. And people, some people are so fucking mad about it, which is literally psychotic to me because it's a racist ride and I'm so excited for Princess and the Frog. I think it's going to be Wait, magical. Wait, what's racist? Uh, the, I didn't watch the, it's like based on like a 1946 film that has like very racist stereotypes um, within it. I haven't seen the movie, but... That's what I've read is that there's problematic like things within that world of that movie. And so they're going to make it over to honor the incredible film that is Princess and is the Frog. Is this at Disney World or Disneyland or both? Both. Ooh. So mm-hmm. my parents' anniversary or their honeymoon, they went to Disney World because my dad is a Russian immigrant. And my mom thought, okay, let's go to Florida and we can stop in Disney World. And this will be a way to expose him to American culture. But can you imagine growing up behind the like Soviet curtain? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, seen a giant mouse and everyone, like, so excited to see this, like, giant mouse. <laughs> that would be shocking. That'd be it a shock to the senses. Very shocking. He went on his first roller coaster, which I believe was, what's the other big roller coaster? Uh, Space Mountain? Yes, that's the one. Ooh! He threw up <laughs> <gasps> on their honeymoon. Your poor dad. And he was really nervous. And he, my mom was like, what? Like, why are you so nervous? Like, what are you, chicken? And he's like, I am not a chicken. And she's like, no, <laughs> no. It's like, you know, like saying you're a security cat. And he's like, I am not a cat. <laughs> she's like, no, chicken is what you call someone when they're scared. And he like thought it was super weird. And then later on, they went on this boat ride and there was an alligator. And my mom screamed and he's like, ha ha, you are chicken. <laughs> oh, that's such so a cute story. Wait, was it a real entire? Like their entire marriage, he called her chicken. Like that's so cute. We would be like in Macy's, and he'd be like chicken, the chicken. <laughs> and everyone's like, <laughs> oh my god, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. And he even sent like he would draw her little notes, like if he got up before she did, and leave her a note like in the kitchen for when she woke up. And he would draw a doodle of a chicken. And then when she was pregnant, he made a little chicken inside a chicken. And I found all of these notes after my mom died. I think I'm going to make a little booklet of them. They're very funny. 
That's so cute. Did you cry when you found them? I did. And then she tried to write back to him, but she wasn't as talented at the doodles. And she called him Rooster Slutsker. (laughs) This is like the notebook could never. This is like a romance story for the ages. I love that so much. Totally. Oh, Oh my God. Wait, do you want to hear something not as cute at all, but like kind of similar? Not really. I had I've told this story so many places. Sorry, everyone. Um, I had an ex-boyfriend, like my first boyfriend out of college. And it was like one of those relationships where at the time it seemed just like passionate because we fought hard. but We loved hard. And it really it was just like completely toxic. But I had nothing to compare it to, like because he was like my first serious boyfriend. But he would do this thing where he would like leave me uh, post-its around my place just being like, you're beautiful. Like, you know, you can do like words of affirmation on note or post-it <laughs> notes. And I was like, this is so romantic. And um, then like eventually we like break up and he starts dating this girl from college who like I always had a hunch that he had a thing for and they pretty much started dating like really close after our breakup. So like that stung. But she was very, they were very performative as a couple. And on Facebook, she was like, oh my gosh, when your boyfriend leaves you post-it notes around your apartment and took all these pictures, I was like, he's probably done that to every girlfriend he's ever fucking had. And we all think that it's so romantic and special. so funny. What if he just reused them and just saved them? That'd be a very Jax Taylor move, you know? (laughs) It's incredible. Wild. Oh, man. What other stories are there going on? Uh, Real Housewives of Dallas is apparently filming. And I wonder if production will be stopped at some point because apparently Texas is having a pretty bad coronavirus uh, outbreak. Yeah, it's spiking. Um, Like good old L.A. County where I am. Um, Yeah, you know, I kind of fell off of Dallas. I just have never really been able to really like latch on to those ladies I don't I know don't... why I enjoyed it. It was it's so foreign to me, like mm-hmm. everything about the South and the mm-hmm. big hair and the Deandra and her mom, like really dark kind of drama is yeah. fascinating. Yeah. You know so. what show I miss? Most Eligible Dallas. What's that? It was like a show about like a bunch of like young singles in Dallas and it had like Courtney Kerr on it. And I used to be like a huge Courtney Kerr fan. And then Courtney Kerr got her like spinoff. But yeah, it was I feel like it was from like 2009, 2010. And it just like no one ever talks about it anymore. But I loved it. That's so funny. Dallas doesn't seem to me like aspirational living. But maybe there's something I'm missing. Most, yeah, most eligible Dallas was kind of like that Chicago show, like 100 Days of Summer that like didn't do very well, where it was just like a bunch of young, hot professionals in the city. And, you know, and like none of them were dynamic enough to really care to follow it. But like most eligible Dallas was one of those shows I could like put on like while I was doing something else and still like thoroughly enjoy it. I feel like 90 Day Fiance I could put on while doing other things and still get the gist of what was going on. Isn't that like kind of the dream though like it it's like you know tv is kind of like escapist but it's also like there's still other things i have to get done so if i can like put on my tv and also get some cleaning done or like be on instagram and like not really miss much like that's kind of an ideal balance for me yes there's there's always those shows but then there's shows like new york that real house of new york that i just need to sit and watch every minute of when i take notes on it like i i record it on sling and i could like fast forward through the commercials but I need the commercial breaks like for my fingers because I'm literally like like it's like atonement like I'm just typing the shit out of every I just think of the typing sound from atonement because I literally was like I have to take down every single second like every piece of dialogue I know there's so much you can't glaze over anything it's jam-packed like the littlest things like at one point Sonia was like that was 17 diarrheas ago yeah. And I'm like, I almost missed that. I was like, wait, did she talk about diarrhea? <laughs> like, Do you feel like at this it? point with New York, you're like kind of desensitized to their shenanigans because there's just been so much of it for so long? Yes. They're I the too. kind of like cast that I can imagine what they're like on vacation when no cameras are around. Mm-hmm. I can imagine every little thing that they do. Yeah, there are like these like rony tropes that you like, you know, they're going to hit whether the cameras are on or not. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Well, in final gossip, according to Reality Blurb, and who knows if this is true, Kristen and Stassi called Andy Cohen and begged for their jobs back. 
And that's what led him, forced him to actually comment on the firings because according to him, he still does not involved in casting decisions and he stepped away from all of that, those roles. And the only way he's involved in Vanderpump rules is by doing the reunions. Hmm. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I do kind of feel like the the way, I mean, Andy's like fun to watch. She's likable. I feel like if I like say something bad about Andy, like I'm going to be struck by lightning or something. I do feel like the way he's sort of handled this is, I mean, he said as much as he could by being like, I support the firings, but it's also like, don't look at me. I don't make any decisions anymore. And I get that, but it's also like, then why did they feel the need to call him? Like, is there something we don't know about the amount of control he does have at this point? I think even some of the housewives think he has more control than he does sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. he's the end-all, be-all. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think if he doesn't like someone that they just are off the show. I don't think it's like that. But who knows? I also think there's got to be some sort of, like, politics involved over who gets his number and who doesn't. Because I don't think he gives it to everyone. Sheena definitely doesn't have it because when all that stuff broke with the editor, she was trying Mm -hmm. to get in touch with him. And she was sending him, like, DMs and she was like, you know, writing on Twitter, like, hey, like, Andy, check your DMs. <laughs> well, I don't feel like Kristen has his number either, because lest we forget, there was a reunion that started where he fully didn't even say hi to her. And she's like, um, uh, hi, Andy. And he's like, oh, my God, did I forget to say hi to you, Kristen? Sorry. <laughs> and it's like she's been on this show from the first season on until now, obviously. And she's given us so much. And he still is like, who like forgot to say hi to her at the reunion? But I mean, also, did mm -hmm. you see the Us Weekly photos of Stassi's birthday party at the Bubba's house? Yes. And Kristen showed up with flowers and a casserole. Yes. And her boyfriend, Alex Minash, a.k.a. Minash to Society on Instagram. Um, (laughs) I just these paparazzi photos are fucking killing me. Like, it's literally just like, let's just photograph Stassi and Kristen, like looking cute and doing fun things. And then like everyone will just like forget and everything will be fine. And I'm like, guys, like. I watched like Jenna Marbles video this morning apologizing for her problematic like past behavior. And listen, I'm a white woman. It's not on me to say what apologies are good enough or bad enough. But I still don't feel like Kristen and Stassi have even really made much of one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, is that is that all you're going to give us? Well, I think they're listening to this new publicist that they have who is using like old school PR with just like keep putting out positive stories and eventually people will get over it. And I don't think that will work anymore. No. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Like, I I don't care that you're like going to a party in the Bubba's backyard. Like I don't. And it's like, like, let's just wear, like, tasteful, like, wedges and sundresses and, like, it'll be fine. And then these, like, fake paparazzi photos where they're all super flattering. I'm like, guys, like, we're not dumb. Right. And she's, like, holding her stomach, like, getting yeah. out of the car. And it's like, yeah. you're, what, 12, 13 weeks pregnant? Like, you don't need to, like, hold it. The 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 stomach holding it. I mean, it it's seems just, staged. It does. It seems so staged because I'm like, listen, I... I have followed enough celebrities and enough pop culture for enough time to know that paparazzi photos are not always flattering. And if it's just like magically all the ones that we're seeing after you were fired over doing something terrible are like flattering photos, like you're working with them. And that's the funny thing is that Stassi was the first guest on Lala and Randall's podcast. And she went hard on Sheena for staging paparazzi photos of herself. I have said this. Are you kidding me? You're doing it so much worse now. Mm -hmm. So much worse. And also, like, what's the big deal of calling paparazzi on yourself? If they show up, it means that they care. It means that you're someone that is worthy of being photographed by them. So, like... Why the hate on Sheena? She's just working it. She's working at all angles. She's got a YouTube. She's got a podcast. She's doing everything she can to monetize herself because she knows that this show is fleeting and it's not going to go on forever. She's smart. And she also, I think what's so refreshing about Sheena is as embarrassing as she's been throughout the years and as shitty as the edit has been for her for so long, she's so authentically herself. She fully leans in like she's going to dress like a kid on euphoria, even if she's in her mid thirties <laughs> and she doesn't give a fuck. And I find it to be really refreshing. And what's so frustrating about Stasi is she's so snobby and acts like she's so above that kind of behavior when she's not like it's like it's fine. But just like own it. Own it, baby. 
And she owns her like basic bitch thing. Yeah. But she doesn't own the fact that she is not better than everyone else. And that's no, what I loved about attention. Ariana on the reunion yes. where she's like, I am a garbage person. That is why I am on Vanderpump yes. Rules. I am here to talk about myself being garbage. Are you ready to talk about yourself being garbage? Yes. Yes. I know. It was such a like a a breaking down of the fourth wall that I found to be just truly incredible. Um, also, I just want to say, like, I live in Valley Village, not to brag, but, like, <laughs> paparazzi doesn't just, like, <laughs> That is something brag. to brag about these days, right? Is your house white? Um, it's a modern farmhouse. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I walk through this neighborhood with a sensible mask on, pretty much every day paparazzi does not just like chill in valley village waiting for people like we're in the fucking valley we're not in front of like craigs in west hollywood like you need to fucking call them for them to even know that you're here you know right do people drive by their houses like is that a oh thing? i'm sure okay. i'm sure they like, would I think creep me out oh my god i know i, I mean their their addresses are public enough that I, I think you could pretty much just like Google it and like boop, boop, boop and like scoot on by. That's so funny. In D.C. that just like, I don't know, no one that, no one on these shows, I guess the Real House is Potomac, but they live pretty far outside D.C. Mm-hmm. I accidentally once walked by the Kushner's house. Oh, shit. Yeah. How are you doing now? <laughs> then I found out that Kellyanne Conway lives like, two houses down they all live on the in Pompeo they all live on like the same block it's oh bizarre. do you think they called each other and they were like y'all want to be neighbors and then they were like okay because <laughs> everyone else hates us yeah yeah they're like let's just like stick together <laughs> it's so funny the neighbors will have like black lives matter signs and like equality has a home here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, well, let's end with you sharing more about your Not Aspirational podcast. You just did a rebrand. What's new about this? Um, Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to, um, it's been so nice to talk Bravo with you. I know. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, I just rebranded my podcast. It was formerly known as Brown Eyed Junicorn, and I wanted to make it a little more all-encompassing, and um, because I think people thought it was like a religious podcast, and like... (laughs) It's not. Spoiler alert. It's not. And also, like, I'm not the most Jewish person in the room. So it kind of felt like false advertising, but even though it's a fun But we talk pun. about that. There's no such thing as being, like, yes. a good Jew or a bad Jew or whatever. You're just, like, it's, you're just, you're Jewish. Totally. Or as my mom Girl. used to call Bernie Sanders, Jew-ish. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown is my podcast. It's a, a uh, podcast that sort of... Um, discusses the human experience through a pop culture lens. So sometimes that involves just me doing Bravo recaps by myself. Sometimes I do recaps with a guest or sometimes I just interview guests about themselves and their lives. And so it's this whole idea that under this not aspirational umbrella, no matter who you are, what you do, where you're from, I just like to have these fun sort of um, colorful conversations with people that uh, bring out just like the most human and relatable aspects of themselves. Yes. I'm going to be on at some point in the coming weeks. I tell a very ridiculous story about adopting baby turtles (laughs) it was great and I never would have known that about you had I not had you on my show and I was like fuck yeah I love this format this is gold right here (laughs) yeah so keep an eye out for that guys where can everyone find you on social media um, you can find me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. My TikTok is Hannah A. Brown zero, but I'm not really active on it. Like I kind of dropped off and I'm too lazy to really keep up with it. But so Instagram and Twitter is probably the best. Does anyone ever confuse you for Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette? Yes, so much so that in my Instagram bio, it says Hannah Brown, not the one from The Bachelorette. <laughs> like people have like meant to tag me, like particularly like if I guest on another podcast, I've like seen people be like, oh my God, loved this episode with so-and-so and and Hannah Brown and they'll tag the wrong one. And like, it's so sweet that anyone even tried to tag me. And I'm happy that, you know, people sometimes like the shit I have to say, but I'm like, oh, there's an A in the middle. It's Hannah A. Brown. Otherwise you're going to get the other one because she got (laughs) the purest form of our name as the handle. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks where we actually get some more Bravo content. But thanks for chatting all things Bravo gossip with me. Thank you. Take care.
Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.